What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. I don't know what happened because it hasn't happened yet. Car and I are recording these app, uh, these ads before we record, trying to be efficient with our time. Low time preference. You try to. We don't want to be. We got bit devs tonight in Austin, uh, and so we, we've got to get there. Uh, I'm interested to see what Matt and I talk about. Apparently, Matt has a uh, a bad neck today. I woke up to text from Matt. Can we do Friday? Can we do Friday? My neck, my neck. I said, sir, I'm going to be traveling tomorrow. You're going to have to fight through this one. So this is going to be Matt's flu game. Let's see how he does. This is brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App, so you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets, if you so please. Uh, sats are the standard on the app. Cash App makes it very easy to DCA in the sats. You can send it and forget it. Cash App can be your bank account. They offer account numbers and rallying numbers. They have their boost product, which allows you to get cash back and sats back every once in a while via the app. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. You can send the taproot scripts from uh, the cash app now. Uh, they're pushing the way. Use the code stacking sats if you haven't <clears throat> downloaded the cash app yet. You're going to get $10. $10 is going to go toward good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> this rip is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to do many things for you. Well, one of my favorite things that they do is they help you with custody. Collaborative custody are here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. If you have all your Bitcoin on an exchange, you're, that's a single point of failure. That exchange can get rug pulled. Therefore, you can get rug pulled if you have all your Bitcoin behind a single SIG wallet. That is a risk as well. If you lose that wallet, if you're using a hardware wallet or a paper wallet and the backup to that wallet, you are shit out of luck. So what Unchained does and what they want you to do is to engage in a collaborative multi-SIG, a two or three multi-SIG, which you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. Uh, as long as you have your keys, you're, you can move your Bitcoin in and out of your vault as you so please. They're offering a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a collaborative custody vault set up uh, on their platform. Uh, you're going to have multiple video conference calls. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. They're going to get you set up and then they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into your vault once you're all set up. Again, eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. Try out the Unchained Vault. They've got IRA products. They've got lending products. They've got incredible content as well. Tell them the TFTC sent you for this collaborative custody vault uh, package and you're going to get $50 off. Go check out everything they have going on at Unchained. Dot com. This rip is also brought to you by our friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the home mining game. All right, What you do, you go to compassmining.io and you buy an ASIC. They're going to send that ASIC to your house and then they have an at-home mining support team as well. It's going to communicate with you to tell you everything you need to do to get your house, your wherever you're plugging your mire in, ready to get it plugged in and have it hashing and getting that hash pointed at a, a mining pool that is then going to send you Excuse me, I just burped a little bit. Uh, your sats. Uh, so you can check this out. Compassmining.io. Buy an ASIC. I send it to you. They have a support team that's going to tell you everything you need to do to set it up. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, they have uh, the ability, if you want to take the risk of going with a hosting facility as well, you can buy the ASIC. They'll plug it at the hosting facility. They have an incredible content team. I know uh, Zach and Will are hopping on the mic tomorrow with Drew and AJ from Cathedral Bitcoin. So check that out. It is currently December 16th. So on the 17th, they will be doing that. Uh, this trip is also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains is here to help you stack more sats with your hash. Their Brains OS Plus firmware is auto-tuning firmware that allows you to uh, you download this firmware on compatible uh, mining models. Uh, and it basically makes your machine more efficient and allows you to stack more sats 
with your hash. It takes your hash a bit longer. If you have a mining model that is compatible with Brains OS Plus and you're not using it, you're leaving sats on the table. Um, and if you want to, uh, you are using Brains OS Plus, you want to track what's going on and look at the data and compare yourself to potential scenarios, you go to insights.brains.com, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Uh, it's an incredible mining dashboard. It's going to uh, teach you about profitability, difficulty, hash rate, mining pool stats, uh, per model, miner stats. It's a beautiful thing. Go check out everything they have going on. If you have a miner that's compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you're leaving stats on the table, make sure you download it and go check out everything at brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at HODL. HODL, HODL, HODL is here to bring you a peer-to-peer lending platform, right? Uh, lend.hodlhodl.com allows you to engage in peer-to-peer lending. Again, they're leveraging multi-sig. It's a two or three setup. You hold one key, your counterparty in the trade, trade holds another key, and HODL, HODL holds the third key. You put your Bitcoin up in that multi-sig two or three escrow uh, as collateral, and then you get stable coin liquidity as a result from your counterparty. Um, and then HODL, HODL acts as an arbiter there. So as long as you put your sats up, you get that stable coin, you go spend it on what you want, as long as you're paying <clears throat> that um, that interest back uh, plus your principal, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. Alternatively, if you're a stable coin user and you want to get yield on that, you can enter the other side of this marketplace, but your stable coin's up for yield in the form of Bitcoiners looking for liquidity, paying you back what you put up plus interest. Go check all this out at lend.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at uh, Bitcoin 2022. Bitcoin 2022 is happening in Miami, April 6th to the 9th, 6-9. Nice. Uh, it's going to be an incredible event. I'm going to be there speaking. We're doing a live RHR. Uh, it's going to be a massive party in Miami. Again, April 6th to 9th. So you can go to b.tc slash conference to buy uh, tickets and register for the event. Uh, use the code TFTC. You're going to get 10% off. Um, it helps out the podcast too. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, get on it. The ticket prices are only going to go up as uh, more and more sell. So enjoy this rip freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Matthew, is your, your neck okay? It's a little bit fucked up, but freaks, anything freaks. for the freaks. Freaks, I woke up to a text from Matt. Can we do this tomorrow? My neck. My neck. Fucked it up. It looks like it. I'm happy the ice recommendation. You were doing pure heat and you do ice, heat, ice, heat, ice, heat, on, off. off yeah, on. I mean, I just woke up and it was fucked. Yeah. That was a, I woke up. I was like, oh no, what's going on, Matt? Uh, can't do it tomorrow. I'll be traveling. I'm sorry. I like pop, I popped for Excedrin and I messaged Marty. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Excedrin, I, you, you messaged me. I was like, I mean, I don't think Excedrin was, I think you need ibuprofen there. Excedrin's more for opening the brain capillaries. If you Does have, like, Excedrin migraine. not have ibuprofen in it? I don't think so. I think it's like one of those like vessel openers for migraines. Well, you could have told me, bro. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm not allowed to give medical advice, even though I've been doing it. Well, uh, whatever. I'm all hyped up on caffeine because Excedrin has caffeine in it, which is wild. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? 
It's been good. It's been good. Been uh, busy, but good busy. How's your week been, Marty? Good busy too. I can't believe it's Thursday. Bitcoin's been uh, ranging. I guess it's always a little bit more quiet around the holidays. Uh, yeah. Well, the Bitcoin. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's been quiet on a lot of fronts. I've been off Twitter a bit. I guess just last week was a fucking whirlwind. Yeah, got to chill and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we did we did the party rip, um, <laughs> in Nashville. Vibes were high. I love the party rips. We need to do it more. Yeah, we're gonna do it a lot more in this coming year. That's for sure. Yeah, because we're gonna have the studios, uh, set up in Austin and Nashville. And when uh, one travels to the other, it should be often. Uh, we'll we'll all be there. We'll get we'll get more freaks into the studio as well. Um, Did you know. see that? Uh, so I guess that coin market cap bug. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin was what was Bitcoin seven hundred eighty nine billion dollars on coin market cap. Yeah, we were all trillionaires for a day. I uh, I was recording with Steve Lee while that was all unfolding. Was that <laughs> a little bit crazy? I feel like that could have been fun. Well, shout out to that. Steve Lee, the Don, um, doing big work. But that that coin market cap thing. Number one, if you're still using coin market cap, shame on you. Not going to make it. Number two, wasn't that a product of that Java <clears throat> backdoor that was discovered last week? I, I have no idea what caused it. Didn't really look into it, except that I thought it was funny that you said no one should use coin market cap. First of all, wait, a lot of people do. I know. Uh, but fucking Coinbase takes their, for their like price ticker widget, they take uh, Yahoo's price feed, which is sourced from Coin Market Cap, which is like so ridiculous. You would think, I mean, they run one of the largest exchanges in the world. Like, how do they not have their own order their own book price. pricing? Yeah. That's odd. And that's what I, like, I tweeted out, like, still using Coin Market Cap, not going to make it. And then under that, like, waiting for Oracle blowout risk. It doesn't seem like any oracles got blown out by this. And that's surprising considering I didn't know Coinbase was connected to Yahoo Finance. Well, I know like the, I mean, there's tons of issues with oracles. Uh, what Marty's saying when he says oracles, he means like there's like in different DeFi protocols, they need to know what the US dollar price is at any given time. Um, and there's no way to natively do that on chain in a trust minimized way. So what they do is they have a bunch of centralized sources and usually they do like some kind of weighting against them. Yeah. But if those centralized sources report bullshit, yeah. uh, then you can have like crazy liquidations and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like any of that happened, at least that I haven't heard, um, which is I, yeah, I mean, pleasantly if you're using a single Oracle and that Oracle's coin market cap, then you're really not going to make it. <laughs> not going to make it. But, Car, can you look up the uh, the Java exploit? Apparently, there's like been this backdoor on the internet that a bunch of Minecraft players uh, discovered. Like a, a bunch of teenagers discovered this backdoor and figured out how to like bork Minecraft. Uh, and it apparently. Have you ever played Minecraft? No, I haven't. Um, I don't. Like, I don't really understand it. It makes me feel like a boomer. From what I understand, it helps kids learn to code. Um, uh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, the, so apparently this is like a backdoor in Java. So anything, yeah, the log, so look up log4j um, is the exploit, is the library that's getting exploited. Did uh, anyone say that's what coin Mac, what happened to CoinMarketCap? I think that's what people were pointing to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So to the freaks, I mean, just for some actionable advice, if you are using CoinMarketCap, considering using uh, Bitbo.io or or Clark Moody's uh, dashboard. Or Clark Moody's dashboard. And if you're going to shitcoin, probably And use CoinGecko, I guess. Yeah, CoinGecko is probably better. Masari, maybe, too. I don't know. I don't know if you got... Yeah, if you're going to shitcoin. Oh, yeah, the old on-chain FX. Yeah. The... uh, that's the other thing too. If you're just following Clark Moody's dashboard or Bitbo or Cash App or River.com, the or like price, the block clock on your wall, which follows Clark Moody's dashboard or Bitstamp, where you can pick, you can pick like which exchange, which source. Yeah, um, yeah. So be aware. Let's go back to that log uh, 4J vulnerability because it seems to be a big one. I'm surprised you weren't on top of this because there was a lot of people in my. Uh, like uh, OPSEC Twitter bubble that my list that were throwing a big I'm in a temporary studio this. environment here, so I cannot see any of that writing. So it's all on you, Marty. What explain this vulnerability to us? Uh, so the log 4J team has been made aware of a security vulnerability CVE 2021 45046 that has been addressed in log. 4J 2.1.2.2 for Java 7 and 2.16.0 for Java 8. And up summary, Apache Log4J, thread context message, uh, details that was found that the fix. Income, uh, there, so there was a CVE bug in version 2.15.0 of log, Apache Log4J, uh, and that patch was incomplete. Uh, in certain non-default configurations. This could allow attackers with control over thread contacts, map, MDC, um, input data when logging configuration uses a pattern layout with either a context lookup, for example, uh, some code. Uh, can you unhighlight that? I can't read with the blue behind it. To craft malicious input data using a JNDI lookup pattern resulting, Marty, what resulting in a denial service. So basically a big DDoS attack potential. So I okay, guess. so it couldn't have been this. It couldn't have been CoinMarketCap. They could have DDoSed. They could have DDoSed the server and then put their own shit in front of it. Um, who knows? But yeah. Okay. Is anybody, well, any don't freaks trust in the, the single source freaks. Any freaks in the comments uh, know about this log4j vulnerability? Is it big? Am I overreacting? Did Java release a fix for it yet? I think so, yes. I mean, yeah. Oracle. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to Clark Moody's dashboard, then we'll get into things here. We've got a list. we got kids screaming in the background in my neighborhood. Uh, market price of Bitcoin, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, is 48,065 cuck bucks. One cuck buck's going to get you 2,081 sats. Hovering at a $908.6 billion market cap, we are 30.4% away from the previous all-time highs, which were $69,010, according to Clark's dashboard. Currently at block 714427 Since the last time we met, uh, Bitcoin passed the 90% of the supply being distributed to the, uh, to the market threshold. So over $18.9 million. Bitcoin Only 10% left to be mined. Less than 10%. Less than 10%. 90.01% of all Bitcoin that will ever be mined have been distributed to the network already. That is 18,902,579 uh, Bitcoins. 
Uh, da, 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 da. Well, when measured in U.S. dollars, that last 10% at point of being mined could be worth more than the previous 90%. Yeah. And it most likely will if Bitcoin keeps doing what it's been doing. And if it does that and goes beyond. Since we last met, we had a difficulty, was that? Yeah, we had an 8.3% upwards difficulty adjustment. Uh, we hit hash rate all-time highs too. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, the next adjustment is estimated to be on uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve. That's uh, 1,253 blocks away. And as of right now, blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 14 seconds on average since the last retarget. So that means we'll have a negative 3.1% adjustment, uh, which would be means a great Christmas present. Would be a very good Christmas present for anybody who has miners up and running and has them plugged in during that adjustment. Ooh, big Ben pull for Clark here right now 24,281 transactions and Clark's mempool 29.7% of those are replaced by fee transactions uh, Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity has been hovering in this level for quite a while at 4,346.84 BTC or $208.8 million worth of unspent value in cut bucks <coughs> <coughs> Director of CISA said Log4j is the most serious threat she's seen in her 10-year tenure. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I heard it was a big one. Yeah. Apparently. Um, how much is Bitcoin in Coors Light? So it depends. I paid $6 for a Coors Light. Um, you paid $6 for that Coors Light? Not for this one. For a Coors Light at a bar oh, like at last a bar. weekend. So six yeah. times 2,081. Uh, it's 12,000. No, it's more than, yeah, 12,006 times eight, 12,426 sats. At a bar. At a bar. Somebody, I mean, that's at 2,000. $6 for a Coors Light, man. 2,081 sats a cuck buck. I multiplied that by six. You guys can check my math. Yeah, Lone that Star's, sounds right to me. Yeah, Lone Star's 2,000 sats. So it's less than a dollar? No, that's $2. That's like 4,000, 4,100 sats, something like that. Um, cars are nailing the important topics here. Yeah. Well, speaking of important topics, should we just jump into the list, sir? Yeah, let's fucking do it. I, I actually have a, a qualm to pick with you for how yeah, you just have it. Dorsey announces independent board to run B Trust Initiative funded with 500 Bitcoin donation from him and Jay Z to fund Bitcoin development in Africa and India. Dorsey, Jack. I mean, I don't know when I sometimes when I <laughs> when I just say Jack, people aren't sure if it's like Maulers or Dorsey. Okay, okay. So, and also, I was in a lot of neck pain when I wrote that list. <laughs> this is, um, I mean, this is. I mean, this is minute, the market has been aware of this five hundred Bitcoin fund for a while. I think probably over a year now. Uh, Jay-Z and Jack have been uh, scouring Africa for a board to overlook the trust. And it seems like they picked a hell of a team here. So we've got uh, actually Carla KC, Carla Kirk Cohn, who's been on the podcast before, uh, Abu Bakar, Noor Khalil, uh, Obi Nosu, and Ojma Okai. Uh, I know Carla personally. She's been in my apartment. She's been on this podcast. She's an incredible Lightning Network developer, incredible soul. Her family uh, gets into the winemaking business as well. Uh, obviously, Obi, uh, who uh, started CoinFloor over in the UK, has been around Bitcoin for a while. I can only speak to knowing uh, Carla and knowing of Obi. I haven't met Obi yet, um, but I'm sure Abu Bakar and 
uh, Ojoma are, are stand-up citizens so, as well. So first of all, the whole idea of B-Trust is uh, in February last year, Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z each contributed 250 Bitcoin to an endowment focused on Bitcoin development and adoption in Africa and India. Uh, since then, uh, they've been fielding uh, applications for an independent board to manage that endowment. Uh, we were actually, I was talking about this with Steve uh, on Tuesday, and he told me that we were going to have to wait to hear about the board around like two weeks, hopefully by the end of the year, and then the next day the board gets announced. Um, but all he said that all of, they got over 7,000 applications uh, to be a part of this independent board, and now this independent board uh, was was screened. Uh, Jack met them personally. I believe Steve met them as well. And now they're going to move forward. They have total control of this 500 Bitcoin endowment and what to do with it. And what's really fucking awesome to me in this situation is so February of last year, I really feel like the price was like 27K or 30K. Steve said it was more. But this idea of Bitcoin endowments for causes where this endowment, you know, if we're right and Bitcoin is, you know, truly designed to pump forever and increases with adoption, uh, will constantly grow in purchasing power. So if they draw down on it, um, they, if they don't draw down on it too much in the short term, it could just exist for, you know, the hundreds of years uh, funding development and adoption in Africa and India. No, there's a, I mean, we have examples of it, not, not necessarily endowments, but companies in the Bitcoin space that have raise money uh, and raise Bitcoin to, to basically have runway for their company. And they did it at a time like anybody was raising for their company in Bitcoin in like 2015, 2016. Some of them are still sitting on a fat stack that they're just able to draw on. Don't have to go raise and dilute their, their company brand. So if you are going to do a raise uh, as a Bitcoin company, maybe you allocate a little bit more of that raise to to purchase some Bitcoin to hold on the balance sheet to potentially um, avoid having to dilute your your equity in the future. Hundred percent. But just to just to go back to like the significance of this initiative, like I would love to see uh, basically more endowments get created um, that hold Bitcoin and that are, are trying to further different goals for improving the world that we live in. And uh, another one example we have, um, I think it's, is it charity water? It's one of the water. water. Yeah. Yeah, Charity water. water. They're accepting Bitcoin donations that they promise not to sell for a certain number of years, five years, 2025 and a specific endowment. So I would love to see more initiatives like this. I mean, it's fucking massive. Yes. Um, Scott so right Harrison. now it's worth like Scott Harrison. Million. I had to yeah. remember his name. Scott Harrison, uh, the founder of Charity Water, has been on the podcast before. Um, I'm double checking that right now because um, how much does it say they have in that endowment right now? Shit, uh, got a Charity Water, 101.29 BTC. So that's pretty. That's pretty incredible. And they so that's about five million. And and this B trust is about twenty five million right now. Yeah, and so the way and we have it up on the screen for you freaks at home who aren't watching the live stream, the Bitcoin Water Trust is an experimental growth fund for clean water. Donate any amount of Bitcoin, and we'll hold it until at least twenty twenty five. Yes, if you go up there, I'm on the. I, I should be. I donated. I think I eh, five million sets. I'm not a Winklevi or or Scott Galloway, but 
um, should be on this list. I highly recommend considering if you're looking at it, to, especially at the end of the year, you're looking for like tax beneficial uh, write-offs and you, you want to get into um, give that money to charity instead of the government. I think this is a good one. Um, 100%. Yeah. And if the whole B trust idea uh, interests you, definitely check out the most recent civil dispatch because me and Steve talked about that at length. Yeah. And uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, they're at B trust team, B T R U S T T E A M. I'm going to follow them. Um, shout out to the, the newborn members of the Bitcoin trust. Fuck uh, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Looking forward to see what you guys put out there. Welcome to team Bitcoin. I mean, they were already on team Bitcoin. They just have new, new titles, I guess. Fair enough. Um, Welcome on to the, a greater role, Team Bitcoin. <laughs> staying on the, uh, the nonprofit tilt, uh, Sat Center launches to educate regulators on Bitcoin. So this is, I believe Riot was behind this. Um, Riot Blockchain. Yes, that is my understanding. I think they, they, they might have spearheaded it, but they got a bunch of other organizations involved. Yeah. Um, so apparently this is a nonprofit that will provide education to the public elected officials and regulators seeking to learn more about Bitcoin and how it can empower economic growth and financial inclusion. Um, yeah. Uh, so coin, we got Coin Center, you got the blockchain. What is it, the blockchain commons? Or no, that's Chris Rallin's thing. What, Perry yeah, and Boring. Perry and Boring. I think it's like the Ch Blockchain Association or something like that. Um, they're on the hill. And now I guess it looks like we have Sat Center as well. So and then there's, there's a, a couple of other. There's a couple other forming right now too, as well. So yeah, what do you think about this? Should we should we be engaging like this? Is this important? Um, I think it's you know it. Every Bitcoiner has you know a different skill set and uh, different roles to play, and uh, those that are good at you know politicking and lobbying, uh, what better way to use their skills than to at least try and soften the blow against us? Uh, as private Bitcoin users uh, in the short term. But I think ultimately, like the real answer is, is, you know, free open source tools um, that you can use to, to take, you know, sovereignty over, over your data, whether that's encryption for messages or whether that's um, securing your own keys, using your own node for Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, those things are extremely important. And I think, again, my, in my tilt, it's just gleaming to the States, like, yes, work at the federal level may have good returns, particularly in just stopping the, the horde of incompetent politicians from uh, fucking things up for us in the short term. But I think a lot of the leverage that is to be realized is at the state level. Um, and we already have realized some of that leverage too, particularly in Wyoming, here in Texas, uh, there are big things happening. Kentucky obviously has some laws. Uh, the leverage at the state level went the opposite direction in New York. Uh, with the bit license, I know there a lot of people are pissed off about that. People are leaving because of that and have been leaving. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, a hundred percent, the state level is you know important, and but we also, I think, we also need people fighting at the federal level. And I would say that uh, I'm pretty sure this is the first. It's important to note that this is, as far as I'm aware, the first major organization in this type of role that is Bitcoin focused, that's Bitcoin only. And it should be interesting to see how that changes certain narratives. Um, yeah, because we saw a bunch of them. I mean, God, we saw So we had over the last two weeks, uh, a bunch of representatives from the cryptocurrency industry on Capitol Hill, as well exactly. as the Fed meeting as well uh, on the, the Congress had Jerome Powell to ask him a bunch of questions. Uh, 
So then it's, there's certainly a lot of confusion on Capitol Hill, particularly about what's going on out there. I mean, you had Elizabeth Warren <laughs> like saying that DeFi is going to destroy capital markets and the financial system. Then you had Powell come out and say, hey, I actually like stable coins. And no, I don't think like Bitcoin's a systemic risk. And there was just a lot of uh, conflicting uh, viewpoints, at least from what I saw coming out of Capitol Hill. As is tradition. Yes. And then you had the shit coiners getting on there and they're, they're, Slimy, mother, about Bitcoin. slimy motherfuckers. Yeah, I, I called it this week. I think uh, SBF, he's going to be the Jihan Wu uh, of this cycle. He's going to, he, he, I mean, FTX. I don't know about that. They've got arenas. No, he, he, I mean, he's, I mean, he owns a shit ton Wait, of Solana. In what way is he going to be Jihan? I mean, he's going to try and use his position as like the darling of the the exchange arena to try to force people away from Bitcoin and it's going to backfire. Like he was on Capitol Hill saying we should move to something like Solana because it's proof of stake. It's better for the environment. He blocked me months ago because I called him out when he started like trying to push that narrative forward. So Sam, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some similarities with Jihan. Yeah, so uh, look, pull this up, pull this up. The environmental there's a, impact. There's a, bunch that, there's a bunch of reasons they're different, right? Yes. Proof of work networks. I mean, is it though? He, he, he yeah. Just, I mean, Jihan was you know basically the lead of the majority of Bitcoin miners. You know, had a massive, you know, massive investment and influence in the Bitcoin space. Put all of his balls on the table in like an outward fork attack on Bitcoin and lost a ton of money and influence. It was like the the main ASIC manufacturer at the time. Like what SBF's influence over Bitcoin is is rather minimal in comparison. Significant trading uh, liquidity. Like Gian was internal. Yeah, I guess there's another layer. There's probably better analogies for individuals, but maybe he'll be as. And Gian got absolutely wrecked. Do you think SBF is going to get absolutely wrecked? I don't know. We'll see. The richest under thirty and uh, yeah, he's donating a lot. He's donating. He's donating a lot to the big guy. We know that. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, we'll see. It's yet to be seen. Much more successful than me. Obviously. I would prefer if shit corners didn't use this energy bullshit. Yeah, pull that back up, Carl. We're going to read it to the people. So this is like what he's running with. Proof of work networks require substantially larger energy consumption than proof of stake networks. We aim to incentivize our customers to utilize blockchain technology with the lowest energy usage and therefore the smallest impact on the environment. A single Solana transaction requires about the same amount of energy as two Google searches. Empirically, based on our analysis of our customers' actual activity, more than 80% of the blockchain transactions originating from FTX occur on proof-of-stake blockchains. So, that that's what I'm saying. Of, He's saying 80% of the transactions. Yeah, but so it's like, like... It's a perfect example that he doesn't have that much... Uh, he's not that involved with Bitcoin. Like he yeah. probably holds his savings in Bitcoin. He's going to attack Bitcoin. He already is attacking Bitcoin. You want to consider this an attack? It's just, it's like more of an external attack than an internal attack. Yeah. I don't I know. I mean, we're fighting Jihan, the semantics of the particular. Jihan analogy. hits different, Marty. Jihan no. hits different. We have a bunch of freaks that are here that weren't there for the Jihan days. Fuck your mother if you like want to fuck. You, better metaphor, that's all. Okay. All right. Better metaphor. Um, yeah, I'll think about it. Think on it. But yeah, this, this, this energy bullshit is, is tired and old. Yeah, we talked about this and last week too. Disproven. The shit corner is like, oh, we're all in this together. We're like competing. We're going to uplift. We need to work together. 
Like we like Bitcoin. And then like behind your back, they're like Bitcoin's destroying the environment. Come buy my shit coin, which I own 80% of. Or something. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so be aware, freaks, be aware. Those attacks are going to come uh, as we move forward. It's going to heat up. There's going to be a lot and of noise. Gene didn't have a Super Bowl commercial. No, no, he probably wanted one though. That's the, yeah. I mean, this guy's buying influence. You got the the stadiums, the commercials, the politicians. Yeah, I it's, just, it's, yeah. I see similarities. Very fiat, very fiat mindset, if you will. And he doesn't know how to tie his shoes. A lot of people. He's fucking killing it though. Is that Arthur? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't see. Yeah, Chad Arthur versus the uh, billionaire virgin uh, FTX. <laughs> Bitmex is just full. Bitmex is just full KYC now. It's, it's sad. When to did see. that happen? I forget. Has it been like eight months now or something? It's been months? quite a while. Quite a while. The end of an era. I guess it's been a year. It was like fall of last year, maybe. Yeah. Um. Time fucking both flies and just. That feels like a decade ago. Yeah, time drags when the price uh, consolidates like it has over the last few weeks. Uh, next topic, Chain Analysis launches Lightning Network product. Everybody's like using this. Samurai guys particularly call them out being like, uh, Lightning Network, terrible for privacy. However, well, this is when you know you made it. Yeah, that, but like it's also like... It took them long enough. It's an announcement. Like, Do we actually know if they're able to de-anonymize anything? Well, I mean, a lot of what... Surveillance firms like Chain Analysis do uh, is some smoke and mirrors. I mean, everything's proprietary, so they're going to always oversell themselves. Um, but there are ways to track Lightning. Uh, yes. You know, I had the episode with Anthony Ronning that was purely focused on uh, Lightning privacy, and that's still Dispatch 21. Uh, so if this interests you, freaks, you should go listen to that. It's that aged imp- very well. Impressive how you remember um, that number right off the top of your head. Well, I had to, I sent it to someone earlier today. No boss. Um, because of this article uh, or this announcement or whatever. So we should be vigilant. There are ways to track people on Lightning. It is not, you know, the focus hasn't really been privacy. It's almost a byproduct. And a lot of the reasons why I would even consider it a privacy tool is because naively sending Bitcoin on chain is uh, really bad for your privacy. Um, I had a freak. Like just a perfect example here. I mean, I have a freak who uh, sent me some sats via Lightning. And I sent him an invoice. He sent me sats. uh, And then he asked me, like, is there, uh, were you able to do any backwards analysis on my transactions? Because I know you tend to, you say on the pod a lot that you, like if someone sends you Bitcoin, you you do a little analysis on them and and you check. And that process for like a, a simple user, for a normal user, is you don't really get any information from receiving that Lightning payment. If someone just sent me an on-chain transaction, I can just easily just pop it into any block explorer. I can pop it into a block explorer that I um, run with, use my, with my own node, and I can I can backtrack that transaction relatively easily. Um, at least see like where it came from. Um, so you get some you you as a, as a sender rather than a receiver you get a decent bump in privacy in the reverse uh, as a receiver you know they know a lot about you by by your by your invoice like uh, stuff like uh, like your node public key potentially an IP address if you're not using Tor uh, then they can find out your 
Um, even if you're using Tor, they can see what your public channel capacity is. If they're a more advanced attacker, they can probe you and, and see your private channel capacity. So there's still a lot of work to be done on the privacy front uh, with Lightning. Um, I think pressure from firms like Chain Analysis will further development and focus into privacy on Lightning. Um, I know Wasabi Wallet right now has a one Bitcoin bounty out uh, for a privacy-focused Lightning Wallet. Um, I, so I think we will start to see more privacy-focused development on the protocol side and uh, on the wallet side. And this kind of pressure like leads it to that. And then one last thing to mention with Lightning privacy, um, it requires more of an active attacker. So they have to be running nodes. They have to be constantly watching the Lightning Network. They have to be probing nodes. Um, with, with blockchain analysis, like that ledger is there forever. Right. So you're able to go back at any point in time. In 10 years, you can go back if you have new information and you can, without actively surveilling it, you can go back and just look at the ledger and, and apply whatever extra metadata you have. Yeah. And apparently, uh, the, the privacy is improving with Taproot. Uh, obviously, if you can create a multi, two or two multi sig that looks like a, a single input transaction that hides. However, we do need to figure out the channel announcement, uh, which is. Uh, a bit of a, a privacy decayer there, uh, but people are working on that. And then on top of that, and we need Taproot adoption to go up. In that yeah, situation. that as well, obviously. Um, and on top of that, Schnorr signatures allows the ability to open those channels and then create uh, point time lock contracts uh, instead of hash time lock contracts. And from what I understand, that that has privacy benefits as well. Yeah, I'm not sure on the exact nuances there, um, but development continues. We are moving forward. We are moving forward. And like forward. I said, like feels like it took them a fucking long time to launch this product. Yeah. And I think part of it is probably because like exchanges and stuff haven't really implemented it yet. Uh, there's been a couple like Bitfinex has it implemented, Bitstamp has it implemented, uh, River has it implemented. Obviously, Strike, uh, it was built on Lightning in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I think part of the reason is, is, you know, most of the big volume exchanges don't have it implemented. Uh, well, I think, so chain analysis felt like they were they needed to have Dogecoin before. Well, I, I think I mean we know Bitfinex, Bitstamp, and a few other exchanges have it implemented between each other, but they're using private channels, so it's harder. Right. It's not impossible for chain. But some of those that I mentioned, I think all of those I mentioned allow user deposits and withdrawals. River definitely does. Yeah, and so does Bitstamp and Bitfinex. Bitstamp is using Zebedee as their provider, basically. Mm-hmm. That was announced um, this week too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think BitNob is another one. Um, I, and also, I mean, it's easier <laughs> to do a chain surveillance product on something like Dogecoin because it's Nobody a fork of Bitcoin. It. They already know how it works. It's it's a blockchain ledger. With, with Lightning, you know, there's more nuances that they need for a product like that. Yeah. As always, when we talk about surveillance firms, I would tell the freaks, um, if you go to my website, you can get all my different communication platforms, whether that's Matrix, Keybase, Telegram, Threema, uh, all of those, but Telegram are probably preferred. If you have access to one of these products, if you have access to Chain Analysis Lightning product, I will be very discreet. I will not share my source. Love to take a look under the hood. You heard it here first, freaks. Communicate with us. Um, we may have something like officially uh, on the TFTC site where we communicate this more and look for that, that type of stuff. We should, uh, me and Marty have been fucking around that like we would uh, just apply for, <laughs> we want to chain analysis our customers. Like, can you give us access? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what do you mean, like a Dropbox or something, like an encrypted Dropbox? Yeah, or like a, a flow. That'd be fantastic. We should have people. an onion Dropbox where like yeah. freaks can just send shit. Yeah, but, then, but if they're going to send us shit too, we we got to get better. Uh, me and you at actually verifying data and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, me personally, we'll just I'm sure you're better. Shout it out and hope that is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw a, a BTC kite there commenting from Twitch. I like a Twitch comment there. That's the first one I've seen in a bit. Oh, good. We're streaming to Twitch again? Yeah, we always have been. We just don't have oh, a lot I thought of... we stopped for a bit. No, we don't. We just don't have a lot of followers there. Um, What's the Twitch? I think TFTC 21. Or maybe it's Marty Bent. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, Marty doesn't even know the fucking username. No wonder we have no followers. Over there. <laughs> uh, the TFTC difference. Uh, we should now. get a... Just for talking business on air, I mean, we should get a TFTC Twitch and start. Yeah, I think it might be TFTC. We can, uh, let me see. I'll check if you are you. Twitching out of Marty Bet. Let's see. Let me go on restream, see what we're connected to. Just ask Big Kite. Big Kite, what fucking, what, what channel are you on? Um, yeah, there's literally one person watching, and it's, it's uh, just Big Kite. It's just Big Kite um, on Twitch. Thank are you. you on, you're on Marty Bet? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make a proper TFTC Twitch channel, so we'll show it the, next week. The real Marty Bent is my. Uh, yeah, we're gonna make a proper TFTC Twitch channel. Yeah, that was a big squirrel. I thought that was a cat for a second. Yeah, I think it was a, and squirrels hoarding. Fake news. You have no squirrels in your backyard. The squirrels are getting ready for hibernation. Um, they're girthy right now. Uh, chain analysis. If you're working there, just think about what you're doing. You know, just think about it. I've met some of you before. You've put you put the case forward, but you're really uh, what you're doing. I mean, it's possible it's a Bitcoin network, so we should state up front the Bitcoin network needs to get better at preserving individual user privacy. The same with the Lightning network. But on top of that, like if you're working at these firms, like what are you doing? You're middlemanning and 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 basically catering to a despotic surveillance system that that revolves around KYC AML regulations that have proven to be wholly ineffective against actually stopping crime. Uh, something like 0.1% of all financial crime uh, has been stopped because of KYC AML. Criminals, yeah, the criminals know how to get around it. They use they either buy buy information or they they steal information, um, and 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 they can get they can get past it. Ask anyone in any of these fraud departments. Yeah. But then the average user gets absolutely fucked. Well, it's actually ironic uh, because, because all this sensitive data is stored forever. And shared insecurely, stored insecurely. It's a fucking sham. Well, it's ironic because the KYC AML regulations and the data that companies and other and third parties are forced to collect actually creates the honeypot that criminals go after. Right? They go after this information and like spoof spoof users um, uh, to to conduct crime. It's all fucked up. We live in a clown world. We live in a clown world. Somebody tweeted at me earlier today. We're approaching peak clown world. I don't think so yet. I don't think so. Uh, Marty, I recall someone else making that call once. That was me. That How was long me. ago was that? Like five years ago? No, it had to be like in the summer. I had to relight my cigar there. <laughs> Ice up, Matt. Ice that neck up.
I used my call. I used your coughs as a cover for me to pick up the crinkly ice. <laughs> this is like the most ghetto. It's just a bag of. It's a Ziploc bag of ice. That's usually how you do it. Is that how you usually do it? Yeah, that's how. That's how I grew up doing it, at least. Um, it's that time of year again, freaks. The the time of year where we give Coinbase props where props are due, uh, and that is because they released. We always do this. I mean, we give them. I mean, yeah, this is like the only time we really talk about them. Except when they added Shiba Inu. Yeah. But yeah, we got to give them props for props or due. I really like this transparency report. Yeah, more people need to do transparency reports. I would say Kraken really leads the bar on this still. Yeah, Kraken does a good job. But Coinbase wants to get out there too. And it's basically uh, a dog whistle for like, hey, citizens of these countries, look how much your government's trying to spy on you. And. As with every year, that we five hundred law enforcement requests. <laughs> yeah, in the U.S. So as with Between, every year, get down to the no, chart. Isn't that total? That's <laughs> it's fifty-five total. And that's the first nine months of the year. Uh, yeah, go, it's not the last three months, and everyone knows car that federal agencies like sending requests during the holidays. There we go. That chart. Can you click on that? Or actually, it's like all the U.S. Go down. Let me see the uh, not the chart, but the the grid below it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so 5,562 total law enforcement and agency requests, 2,727, uh, which is the highest volume of law enforcement and agency requests from a single country, which is the United States. So over half, uh, of the requests or just below half of the requests came from the U S uh, and then behind the U S was the UK at 1,044 requests, 51% of law enforcement. And agency requests arose from outside the United States. Yeah, uh, they just did the math for you. Yeah, the uh, the, the United States was forty nine percent of the requests at twenty seven hundred requests. So freaks, do we live in a free country? Why is the no Marty? Why is the government? Why is the U.S. government the land of the free, the home of the brave, the 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 foundation of the 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 republic, democratic republic, the federalist system that we live under now? It's supposed to respect private property rights, privacy, uh, freedom to choose sound money. Why Why are they trying to snoop on all their citizens? What's going on here? Thank you, Coinbase, for putting this report out. I love highlighting this. this is, we live in a clown world. Has been. We are not free. <laughs> These people, the government does not like you. They, they treat you as if you're guilty before proven innocent. And they're trying to get you to spend if more tax innocent. dollars... Uh, they're trying to extract more tax dollars from you so they can fuck up your life even more. That's what they do with the tax dollars that you give them. They just make your life harder. It doesn't really help at all. They don't really get allocated efficiently or towards endeavors and uh, investments and projects that actually do things to help the American people. They just make us all worse off. Like so, free neck massages. You get free neck massages? No, that'd be great if the government offered that. That's what wives are for. It'd be such a bad massage. <laughs> That's what wives are for. Yeah, they're just going to create like robot masseuses that just uh, <laughs> just wind up killing people. Yeah, I people. take that back. I don't, I don't want it. You know what? I don't want it. Um, so you can go check out this uh, law enforcement transparency report from Coinbase on their blog. We're going to link to it, of course. Do you have any ending thoughts on this topic particularly? <laughs> yeah, cheers to them on the transparency report. You know, fuck them for also being a surveillance company and, uh, you know, having contracts with the same organizations that are giving them the surveillance, uh, giving them the requests. Yeah, the IRS. Uh, and this is just them. a perfect example, once again, that, you know, 
when when you trust these regulated businesses uh, with your Bitcoin, if you're holding it custodial, um, you're also even if you're holding it self custody, you're trusting them with your intimate private information, whether that's withdrawal addresses, whether that's your home address, whether that's you holding a little passport up to your face and taking a selfie. Um, like you're giving them that information, that information is going to be stored indefinitely. It is going to be shared. It might, it most likely is not stored securely. Uh, so just know what you're getting into. Uh, and, and if you do choose to use a regulated uh, service provider that requires this identifiable information that we call KYC, uh, you know, you have to really intimately trust them. And you need to reduce as much exposure as you have. Like, don't go sign up for like nine, ten different services. Um, if you must do the KYC route, make sure it's just you know, you know, one service, the bare minimum. And look for services uh, and then that go join afterwards. Look for services that tend to stand up for users' rights. I mean, River's a great example. I think they have a very good uh, law team in house that really wants to protect the rights of the users and do the bare minimum. Um, and fight on behalf of the users and throw cash app in that bucket as well. Um, I'm sure there's others. Disclaimer, cash app sponsor. Um, Swan does a pretty good Swan job. As well. front. Swan as well. Um, and I think there has been an official announcement about what's going on in New York with Swan. It has to do with uh, uh, the exchange that they use to facilitate the Bitcoin buys for their users. Um, they got rug pulled in New York. And they're trying to get it up ASAP. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the dangers of KYC, go to nokyconly.com. 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 we got to keep leaning into this meme, freaks. KYC AML is the illicit activity. It puts us at harm. It does nothing to actually stop criminal activity. It wastes resources at companies. It leads to a massive misallocation of capital. Like chain analysis shouldn't exist as a company. Like imagine how many millions, billions are raising money are just being wasted because uh, companies are being forced to track this data and this activity and there's a little cottage industries popping up against uh, around it. Imagine if we were able to allocate that capital for something like uh, actually like teaching kids and having a good education system or uh, fresh water, better housing, whatever it may be. Instead, it's being allocated to create services that spy on you and treat you as if you're guilty uh, before being proven innocent. So KYC Jelly. Yeah, there's there's something there, armchair contrarian. Well, can, KYC Jelly is the website for PlubNet. Oh, okay. KYC the Jelly. The Lightning Network Initiative uh, run by a group of Bitcoiners. Awesome. Love Bitcoiners working initiatives. Um, this is pretty cool. I wrote about it on the newsletter get me all excited uh jeremy rubin he's doing an advent calendar 25 days of christmas type blog series uh and last week on the 10th uh, he wrote uh a blog post on payment pools and coin pools which i am very excited about this is something that has been talked about in the bitcoin space for quite a while john carvalho and i got in depth with it on the the episode that we recorded a few months ago like many people don't know again we had this discussion last week on rhr you know there are no bitcoins there's utxs we're still going on that debate's still ongoing but we're not going to have it here right now marty you agreed with me in your own fucking newsletter after that episode <laughs> i know well we're not here to talk about it, okay? You you screenshot me. I have the screenshots. I you have screenshot me. You have the receipts, okay? They're up there, all right? But 
Not every individual in the world will be able to own a UTXO, not anywhere close to every individual will be able to own a UTXO due to the data constraints and the, the, the block space that exists uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. And so with that fact in mind, many Bitcoiners, I think Greg Maxwell most famously, has been running thought experiments. All right, so if we take that at face value, not every human is going to be able to own a single UTXO. How do we make it so more humans can own partial UTXOs? And that is what Jeremy is proposing here in this blog post, a payment pool and coin pools that would allow multiple individuals to have part ownership of a single UTXO, which helps with scalability and potentially privacy as well, which Jeremy gets into in his post. Is there anything in there about, I, I don't think there is. I like looked through it a little bit. Uh, could be interesting using combination with lightning. Yeah, I mean, he he does talk about coin join as like a quasi coin join, and when you're thinking about channel opens, uh, that could certainly have some interesting privacy. Um, so, like Lightning is basically at its core is this idea that you can get the most out of a single UTXO, and this proposal is uh, that a bunch of people can share a UTXO, but they can also spend out of it, mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that it's not it's not custodial uh, situation. Yeah, each. Each individual who has part ownership of the UCXO owns a, a part of a private key, I imagine. You could sign that and take your 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 part of the UTXO out. Uh, but I'm not quite clear, like I mean I, I think it's been uh it's been a decent while since we had Jeremy on the podcast. We should probably have him on soon. Yeah, I was talking to him over um, the weekend. He's gonna come on. Um, but I'm not quite following uh I'm not quite following. Like, it seems like there's a griefing situation here where like a bunch of people try and claim in like a high fee environment. And I wonder how that's handled. We'll have to ask Jeremy ourselves. Jeremy, if you're listening, um, we've been talking. Um, the, the cool part about Bitcoin scalability is, you know, we have a lot of people working on disparate things. Uh, sometimes they're connected. Sometimes they can be worked together and they can, they can complement each other. Um, and it's just great that Bitcoiners have as many options as possible. Yes. Um, Carr, can you pull up a chart? Just look at Google Bitcoin UTXO set. Let's see how large it is right now. Who, does mempool.space have that? I don't know if they do. Uh, I know Jameson actually has it on his, um, but I don't. I forget. He's got like a weird data site. I can't remember the URL at the top of my head. Just Google Bitcoin UTXO set. Chart should pop up somewhere. Um I forget. I'm trying to think of the sites I have. And I haven't checked this chart in quite a while. Um, no, that's, that's River explain it. So go back to the search page. I'll, um, let me see. Keep going. Let's search a lot after it. I got feedback from a couple of the freaks that we should cut out this kind of aspect of the show when, for the podcast feed. Yeah. <sighs> For what it's worth. Eh, deal with it, freaks. Um, deal with it, freaks. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to read what time we're at? No. God, no. I can't even tell anymore. I don't have the, the data in front of me. Uh, yeah, car, it's not there. There's, there's charts up there somewhere. Um, we'll find them, though. Um, the, yeah. Um, so shout out to Jeremy. I mean, he's gone deep into many, um, many different topics during this Advent uh, calendar blog uh, spree he's been on. Uh, so making Marty's bench job easy. 
very easy, even though they've only written about one of the articles out of the uh, 16 that have been written so far, but there's always fodder there. Maybe I'll write about another one today. because You got some backlog to work down. I don't have a topic uh, at the top of my head right now. Drew, yeah, Drew writes about, has written about in the past. He was actually the early, one of the early um, people to not ring the alarm, but make the public aware, like, hey, um, you're you're not going to be able to to own a whole. Not everybody's going to be able to own a single UTXO. Let me see here. What are we looking for? The number of UTXOs in existence. Here it is, statoshi.info. That's what I was looking for. As lopsite. Yes. Um, so right now I'm looking at it, unspent outputs. There are, as of the 16th, there are 46,974,844 UTXOs out there. How many? 47 mil, 46.97 mil. 47 million. Yeah. And that's one of the nice aspects. So uh, the larger the UTXO set, the number of active addresses, uh, the more data that nodes have to to hold and transmit. Um, And one of the nice things about the incentive structure of Bitcoin is when fees go up, uh, people are incentivized to consolidate their transactions. Keep in mind, there is some privacy impact there. Uh, you are linking any of those UTXOs together naturally in a single transaction. Um, but people tend to consolidate, bring down uh, the number of UTXOs. Yeah, and I got the number wrong. I was looking at the total transactions with unspent outputs. The unspent transaction output number is 77,731,754. That's what it is. Is that the correct chart that he has up? No, go to... Um... It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We spent a lot of time on this. Yeah. We're going on to bigger and better things. But anyway, things. that's part of the cool incentive structure that is uh, the fee market. Yes. Fees go down, consolidate, lower the UTXO set, which actually lowers the data burden for the yeah, rest of the users on the, on the chain. Um, makes it easier for people with bad bandwidth connections to the internet to download the full state of the Bitcoin blockchain. And Tor users. And Tor users as well. And keeps costs and accessibility just down across the board yes um on the shout outs we have three shout outs this week first one blessings to marty and matt thank you bless you too uh you guys are laser focused on the better world thank you marty your ad reads at the beginning of every rhr is my secret fetish don't ask why i'm not going to i just need to hear my favorite one. one more time give me a good performance sir i'm reading this now this rip is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking kasha Hey, Did he put like up. a bunch of A's in it or something? Uh, a bunch of P's. bunch of P's. Yeah. So you kind of got the pronunciation wrong there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, tried, I tried my best. Thank you for the shout out, Freak, and, and the smile at the end. And I'm, I'm happy that you like the ad rates. I try to make them fun. It's good for the user and the advertiser. You advertise, hey, Cash App, if you're listening, you hear that. 
Hey, Matt and Marty, thank you for all the great content. I've been a listener for a little over a year and still look forward to RHR every week. Thank you for coming back, sir or lady. I'm a very technically capable individual who recently became a fun employee to fuck vaccine mandates, but have little experience with formal development. Given the gift of free time, I'm currently working my way through my web, Bitcoin, and lightning development education and would love to get involved in an actual project. However... I have no idea where to start. Do you have any tips on how to get involved or do you know any projects looking for someone to do relatively simple elementary technical grunt work? Thank you again for all your content you provide for us freaks. All the best to you guys and the freaks out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of open source software. There's a bunch of open source projects looking for help right now. That's a good way to uh, prove yourself, do a review, uh, uh, make PRs. Yeah, I mean, start, with, start with projects, you like tools you actually use and enjoy you know, start with, start, start small and start with things that you, you really like and you use all the time. Yeah. It's the, it's the easiest way to get involved. Yeah. I know BTC pay um, server. Don't have, yeah. Go on. I was going to say BTC pay server has a very vibrant open source community with a lot of, uh, help when you're getting into that. There's a lot of people there. It'll be like, here's what we need help on. Um, yeah, you don't have to just be a developer. Like there's a ton of other, uh, contributions that you can make. And that's why it's important to always open source contributors. I'm grateful for our open source contributor community. Uh, it's not just devs, uh, but if you're a dev, uh, it is greatly appreciated. Yes, if you're uh, if you're a designer, if you can actually write technical content, that is actually um, impressing me as well. Documentation, all that stuff. So yeah, and I, like I, yeah, BGC Pay is a massive organization. I mean, I I would say you know start with some of the smaller projects that you use all the time. Consider it. Yeah, and it is a great way just to prove like, hey, I know. Uh, here's my contributions to this open source project. I'm a Bitcoiner. And that's like one thing these companies will ask you, like, what have you done? It's like, well, I've actually contributed to this open source project. Here's here's my work. You can go to my GitHub and see what I've done. And that's see it. See all the commits. Yeah. That actually reminds me. Um, so one of the uh, initiatives I'm championing at Bitcoin Magazine is Bitcoin 2022 free tickets to open source contributors. Uh, if you're... So far, we've announced three. Every time, every month, we're announcing a new one. Um, right now, it's Bitcoin Core, BTC Pay Server, or the five major Lightning implementations. So that's LND, C Lightning, Eclair, um, Amorden, and Rust Lightning. Uh, and if you're a contributor to any of those projects with a commit before October 1st, so don't go spam a commit now, uh, you're too late. Uh, you can just, you can. You can go to b.tc slash conference. You can apply. You get a free four-day pass. All all the days of Bitcoin 2022, you're going to get a free ticket. And if you're not going to, if you're not one of those people who can get a free pass, you can use the code TFTC to get 10% off. Oh, Matt's not coming in with a bigger discount. Looks like that I one mean, ran if out. They heard it last, if they heard it, I, I got, <laughs> I'm not allowed to share the discount code I said last week because we're, we're trying to keep it on the... The DL. Like if, if it gets shared too widely, it's going to get discontinued. Okay. All right. Last so but I'm not... Gonna, I'm going to selectively do it. Okay. All right. Uh, last but not least, slash out of the week, a very important one, as Skeef pointed out. This is to inform everyone I am the self-appointed president of the Marty Jones fan club. Marty already retweeted it, so it's settled. It's true. Uh, applications for other officer positions can be submitted through a TFTC shout-out and will be thoroughly reviewed. Selection decisions will be made based on the depth of knowledge on conspiracies and not sounding lame. Skeef, at Skeef underscore 25 on Twitter. And Skeef, 
bro, you're, you're falling into their trap of conspiracies. We're just talking about theories. Okay. People conspire. They call them at the, if you don't believe that women and men of power conspire to do things, uh, you're an idiot. All right. So we don't like just fall. Like we get, we get labeled conspiracy theorists. If you like lean into the conspiracy things, Keith, we're going to work on this as the president of the Marty Jones fan club. I'm a little disappointed in your, in your announcement, uh, shout out, but we will get better. I'm a very forgiving, uh, <laughs> I don't even know uh, what I would consider Marty Jones. Martyjones.com is already taken. I tried. <sighs> Thank you for your effort. I assume someone actually named Marty Jones has it. Yeah. <laughs> it was registered a long time ago. Um, I would also like to do a shout out to uh, any freaks we have in Kentucky that were affected by the most recent tornadoes. Like that ship was heavy, dude. Really fucked up. It was. It was. I. I'm. I. My belief. My understanding is that it was the longest on ground tornado in terms of mileage in, in the history of this country. Dude, did you see the videos so, of it? The thing was massive. It was fucking yeah, it was scary. And it was like middle of the night. Like the only way it was, it was like one yeah, of the creepiest like videos the ever. Cause the only thing you could, the only way you could see is when like when the lightning would flash, you'd see like how big the tornado was. Anybody in Kentucky was struggling because of that right now. Our hearts are with you. Um, and we can help in any way. Let us know. Please do. That shit's so fucked, dude. Um, yeah, Skeef. Okay, I'll give you that. We'll we'll debate it, Skeef. We're not going to talk about the conspiracy definition here. Um, Live on air. Uh, speaking of conspiracies, uh, a lot of them getting debunked. <laughs> you uh, fucking hypocrite! Did you see? <laughs> <laughs> did you see the Rogan episode with Peter McCullough, Doctor Peter McCullough? I didn't. Are you talking to Car or me? You. Um, I'm looking at the screen. I know, you're but on. you're not looking directly at me. Okay, well, now I am. Because my neck, I have to. I can only look straight. No, I told you, I don't. The only Rogan episode I listened to was with the since he moved to Spotify was the CNN guy one. What was his name? Sanjay Gupta. So, yeah, Gupta. Yeah. Um, I don't like the algorithmic ads thing. And you just where they just like <laughs> pop ads and like I'm I will not comply. Okay, you can just easily like. You, you don't even have to like skip 15, skip 15. You just like hold the thing and you just swipe. I know. Swipe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been annoying while driving. I'm, I I refuse to support it. I, I'm, I'll Maybe I'll torrent it in the future. The DraftKings one is so brutal. Welcome to DraftKings. They don't even like wait for like a break moment. No. It just like shoots on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's uh, infuriating. I, I, yeah, I can't. Well, anyway, uh, the, the, as, Rad Vladdy says the Rogan app is required watching for everyone, even you, Odell. I mean, it Down, is. Just, yo, Rad, download the fucking episode and then send me the MP3. Okay. Since you didn't watch it, I'll get it. I mean, it, it's pretty fucked up. If you watch that episode, you're not enraged. Like they were, they decided from the beginning vaccines were the only way to do it. And they brushed viable uh, no, treatments, <laughs> viable treatments, preventative treatments. Uh, that, There's that, no money to be made. No, and everybody. Yeah, I tweeted that out yesterday. People were like, oh. "I was like, they're they're sweeping the viable treatments under the uh, under the rug uh, in favor of vaccines, which are much more profitable." Like, who do you think's making those treatments too? It's like, yeah, the pharmaceutical companies, but now yeah, there's really consensus that the pharmaceutical companies like are obviously in everything for a profit. Yeah, like before COVID happened. But the the important thing here is the generic drugs have been around for decades. And so their patents aren't 
aren't valid anymore. They're generic, so they're cheaper. So the, the pharmaceutical companies don't make as much money off of something like a vaccine, which is yeah. Look at the Moderna stock price. Yeah. Just look at the Moderna stock price. Like every single person in this country should be upset at the Moderna stock price. And the Moderna too. Like that's a shady company that popped up out of nowhere. Whitney Webb and I went into that in our last episode. Like Moderna, it's got some weird people behind it. Um, and it was like a Theranos like company until this vaccine came to market. Um, and yeah, and young people, you should like, so you talk, you said the last one you watched was Sanja Gupta, Peter McCullough called out Sanja. Uh, Only one since the Spotify move up. <laughs> uh, particularly for going on like Sesame Street and telling children that they should be getting vaccinated, which is he, he just, did that right after the episode, right? Yeah, and, and it Peter, was, it was, Dr. It Peter was McCullough, I mean, he said in this episode, like, this is medical malpractice. You're not allowed to, you're actually definitionally, like, as a doctor, not allowed to do that, like, that type of coercion, like, publicly. Um, like, there, there will be somewhat like Nuremberg trials because of this shit. Like, people are dying, like, young you people. Think so? I hope so. I mean, dude. You actually think so? Look at all the soccer players dropping. Like, yes, it's going to be obvious. Do you think there's going to be trials? There should be. Oh, uh, that's not what I asked. Well, strong men got to take over and, and really step in and say, all right, this is fucked up. Uh, that's one I'll bet on. Fauci, we're not listening to you. There will be no trials. FDA, we're not listening to you. CDC, we're not listening to you. You're all fucking I'm not corrupt. saying whether or not there should be trials, but there will be no trials. We'll see. I'm not going to bet on that because the, the countries all sign liability things. The timeline on that is uh, is quite extensive. Um, we shall see. Go watch that episode. No, I'm going to be on like my deathbed. Death, deathbed. I was like, I told you so, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will not be. Marty's any. like, no, five more years. Software updates. All caps. He agrees with me. Software updates. Mercury version 0.4.65 has been released. Matt, as always, pause me if uh, anything important you want to point out. Sparrow version 1.5.5 has been released. Bisque version 1.8.0 has been released. Blue Wallet version 6.2.15 has been released. Caravan version 0.3.13 has been released. Zap Desktop version 0.7.5 beta has been released. Umbrella version 0.4.10 has been released. Uh, no need to rush. I don't think there's any um, crazy bugs that these updates are, no are patching. No disclosed vulnerabilities. Uh, these updates are there for you. Uh, no, no need to rush to do it. Um, test it out. Check it that out. That actually reminds me, I didn't realize Steve mentioned, uh, Steve Lee uh, mentioned uh, a project lead at Spiral, which does LDK, I didn't realize Blue Wallet is implementing LDK. They've been working on it for a decent amount of time now. Boss. Like we six were, months, seven months or something like that, instead of the default custodial lightning wallet that they currently have. Yeah. I want to mess with LDK too. Um, but remember like the Puppet Jack video like yeah. where they use Blue Wallet? That's yeah, yeah. why. Because ah, it's LDK. Yeah. Interesting. Hell yeah. That was a dope video if you haven't seen that yet either. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The good development kit video. Like, like <laughs> entertaining. Yeah, I uh, love the Square or Spiral BTC team. Excuse me. I'm still. I had to correct you the other day on a call. Block. It's going to take square. us a while to get used to Block versus Square. Yeah, I think their their name officially. Spiral, changed. I'm going to get used to very. I've already kind of gotten used to. Yeah, it'll happen easily. It'll happen easily. Um, 
people are already calling Facebook metaverse, which is, or meta. Meta. It's meta, not metaverse. Whatever the fuck they name themselves. Get your shit straight, Marty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, big week for raises in the Bitcoin space. Uh, Galoy, the Galoy team raised $3 million uh, in a seed round to help communities uh, and institutions use Bitcoin as money. Uh, don't know what the valuation's in here. Can't find it. Um, but yeah, the Gloy team. There is doing, no valuation in there. It's the only announcement without a valuation. They've been doing incredible work. Um, they're building uh, tools, again, as they said, to get to help communities and institutions use Bitcoin as money. I like that mission statement. You mentioned there. that they're the organization behind the Bitcoin Beach Wallet, right? Yes. I, yeah, I did not, but they are. Yes, they're yeah. the team behind the Bitcoin Beach Wallet as well. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin is chiming in from Twitch saying, don't sleep on the, uh, the Gloy team. The whole idea of the Bitcoin Beach Wallet is... Um, it's a it's a custodial wallet used by a local community, in this case, El Zante. The majority of funds are held on-chain in a multi-sig uh, wallet that is held by trusted community members. And then they have a portion held in the fully custodial single-sig Lightning wallet. And that's because uh, there are no multi-sig Lightning wallets yet. So basically, the, the model is uh, if they get hacked, they lose a small portion in the Lightning wallet. And the majority of funds are saved in the on-chain wallet as long as multiple community members don't collude with each other to steal the money. And as a result, you get lower fees and easier UX because it's a custodial wallet. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Shout out to Gloy <clears throat> on that raise. Uh, Ledin. Ledin.io. This is big news. And I, I wonder if this is what... Uh, our good friend Rodolfo was teasing the other week. It is what he was teasing the other day. Uh, Ledin raise... $70 million to, and also announced the Bitcoin back mortgage product. So there is $70 million in a Series B financing round uh, at a $540 million valuation. That's pretty impressive. Shout out to Mauricio and Chris uh, doing incredible things up there. Um, very happy for you guys. There's uh, massive demand for this product. Yeah. Uh, the So the Bitcoin back mortgage product is... Uh, a big deal, something that Bitcoiners have been waiting for and like pondering about, like, will this come? When will it come? And it seems like Ledin is the first to market. Is it safe to say that? Uh, no. So there's another uh, company that's a bit smaller called Coin Homes that is also doing it. Okay. Um, I'm aware of those two. And like basically the idea here is instead of a typical Bitcoin backed uh, loan where you put 150%, 200% Bitcoin as collateral and then you, you loan out uh, underneath that, about half of that. Um, and, and that's tax-free because it's a loan rather than selling it. In this case, um, what most people don't realize, if, if you go to a bank and you say, you know, 95% of my net worth is in Bitcoin and I don't have a traditional salary. Um, They're going to like, get the fuck they, out of they our office. They will just think of you as, yeah, a completely poor person. You are like <laughs> the poorest person in the world. So this product, the idea is you, you put up your house as collateral, just like you would, uh, in the home equity if, if, you took, if you took a mortgage, uh, just as you would if you took a mortgage, you put your home as collateral, you match the value of that home with Bitcoin as well. Um, so you borrow against both. If the volatility of Bitcoin drops you below whatever threshold they've set, you have two weeks to uh, top it up instead of like relatively quick liquidations, which we see with these other products. Um, and then at the end, when you pay off all your mortgage, you get your Bitcoin back. Um, so this is obviously not without risk. Um, I'm not sure if they're using a multi-sig format, how they plan on doing that. But in general, even if they're using a multi-sig format, 
they're going to be holding a key. A third party is going to be holding another third party is going to be holding a key and you're going to be holding a key so they can collude and take your money. Um, it is leverage. You know, you're borrowing against your Bitcoin. If the price goes down substantially, uh, you might lose that Bitcoin. Uh, but all that said, I mean, there's massive demand for this. Uh, we're going to see a bunch of companies start uh, fighting in this space. I expect it to be, you know, we should bring on rates. growing space with a lot of options. And uh, it's, it's just good. To, as someone who's, you know, looking to buy a lot of land, uh, it's nice to have another option available. And this is going to be available for U.S. and Canada. Yes. Uh, and if we get more competitors in the space, it'll drive down the cost of capital, which make it even more appeasing for Bitcoiners. And going back to the multi-sig thing, yes, they, the two third parties can include, let in whoever's, the, if they're using multi-sig, the other signature, but they're highly incentivized not to. The, the, or it's fully custodial. Or it's fully, fully like custodial. Like a BlockFi product. Um, but they're highly incentivized not to screw you over. They, I mean, I guess. Because it's the first time they do it, it's done. Their product's done. You, you forego long-term. I mean, banks screw over people all the time. Uh, BlockFi screwed over their users many times, and they're still in business. Uh, it's the it's reason not, it's an interesting option is because if you sell your Bitcoin or use your Bitcoin to buy the house, uh, you're going to be paying capital gains tax. So if you're paying 30 to 40% on that, you can avoid that by doing this, but obviously it's not without risks and you should assess your situation and you don't really want to use a portion of your stack that is like substantial. Like it should be like, be very conservative about it because if Bitcoin does fall 90%, which it has, you know, many times in the past. Uh, you need to be able to to fill that up. Otherwise, you're you're going to get forced sold. It's going to get liquidated on you, which we saw a March 12th. We just saw people get fucking liquidated a fucking shit ton. March 12th, 2020. And obviously, you lose privacy in general because they see your transactions, your KYC, yada, yada, yada. Here's how Ledin described it to Bitcoin Magazine. Clients will be able to blend an equal amount of Bitcoin and property collateral as part of a mortgage loan the unique collateral structure, which relies on the stability of a real estate to buffer against the volatility of Bitcoin, was designed to provide clients with a generous window to service their Bitcoin collateral during times of high market volatility. Ledin said the offering is currently in pilot mode. The company expects to launch broadly in the U.S. and Canada early next year and is targeting over 100 million in 100 million cuck bucks in Bitcoin-backed mortgage originations by the end of the first quarter. So they're going big. They're, they're expecting a lot of demand from this. Like we said, and there is a lot of demand about it, uh, around it. People have been talking about it since, that's what Ragnar wanted to do back in like 2016, I believe, 2015. I mean, he also wanted to put real estate on the blockchain, but. Yeah, there's something around there. Um, yeah, people have been wanting this this year. Shout out to the Ledin team for bringing it to market. Pumped to see uh, that product flourish and, and people use it and um, yeah I could potentially use it in the future Coindesk is the site that I'm going to to announce the institutional Bitcoin broker NYDIG uh, did a raise they did a $1 billion funding round valued at $7 billion uh, valuation so uh, West largest Cap largest single round in Bitcoin history yeah uh, so that's pretty pretty massive We're, we have companies in the space NYDIG Came in big over the last year, two years, and they're they're keeping that momentum going. A billion dollar raise is, is fucking incredible. Um, shout out to them. Uh, you got anything to add to this? Disclosure: I'm a shareholder of Nidig because of <laughs> bottle paid sale. Boss, so you happy? Yeah, I'm not it's gonna a make big it raise. Up. I'm not gonna it's make a it big raise. Up. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. Um, we've got two. 
more items on I the list. I would say one thing that's interesting is largest raise in this his- industry's history, and it's a Bitcoin only firm. Why are they Bitcoin only? I'm going to do East Shirt too. Do they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they're shitcoin minimalists. <laughs> How many Bitcoin is Nidig holding their balance sheet? That's a good question. Uh, no idea. Bitcoin. Yeah. Hopefully uh, a lot. Uh, I'm going to skip to the last. I'm going to skip to the last list and we'll go back to the second last on the list. Last on the list uh, is this analysis that I wrote about earlier this week from Collider, which is a margin trading um, platform and exchange where, where people can go and trade on margin if you want to. It's somewhere to, we don't recommend trading on margin. As we said, Bitcoin has very high volatility and you can get margin called pretty easily, but there are professional traders that do like trading on margin and you know, they, these traders do provide a lot of liquidity to the Bitcoin market uh, and Basically, what this Collider blog post gets into is describing how the Lightning Network, uh, when implemented into trading strategies and implemented into exchanges, really changes the the amount of uh, collateral that that a trader needs to feel comfortable on an exchange. The way they describe it, we'll get to the skinny here, is if you're doing trading, this margin type trading, and you're using strictly on-chain transactions and on-chain Bitcoin, Traders will typically, or the trader that they spoke with, Akabe or or Orkabe, excuse me, would hold thirty percent. The source here is Orkabe. Yeah. Okay. Um, continue. They would uh they would hold thirty percent of their their trading value that is in positions on the exchange, just in case they need to top up. Um, uh, if if the price were to go against their their positions, um, they they so the whole point of this is that you can top up very, relatively easily by just lightning is fast. Well, easier. So, but what the, the positive externality from that is the the comfort with which these traders have that that thirty percent of the value at risk gets reduced to five percent, um, which is pretty significant. It means they have to hold less coins on an exchange because they can just send from a personal lightning wallet to the exchange instantaneously. And so it's going to have interesting positive externalities in terms of custody. You're going to have less coins. Yeah, I mean, unless like you have like a routing error or something and the payment doesn't go through. Well, that's why they they have 5% on the exchange. (laughs) That was actually cited in the article too. The Uh, TLDR is stay humble stack sets. Yeah, well, you you can't discount the fact that people are trading. Traders do have a beneficial value to the liquidity of the market. Stone Ridge has your sacrifice traders. 10,899 Bitcoin on their balance sheet as of October 2020. Thank you. Full-time Bitcoin. That's a long time ago. Yeah. What do you think about lightning and exchanges? You're a bit mum. Uh, deposits, <laughs> withdraws. You know, I, obviously there's a nice advantage with something like Strike that you can just pay any invoice you know, directly from them. They have to deal with a ton of liquidity management. Uh, on the deposit side, on the withdrawal side, which is like what Strike does where you like pay an invoice, um, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the exchange has to deal with the actual liquidity management, make sure there's routes open to where the nodes they're paying. Uh, on the deposit side, it could be like a worse, it could be a worse UX. Uh, and I think there's still a lot of growing pains there. I mean, it always comes down to liquidity with the Lightning Network. In between exchanges, I think it is, you know, obviously very advantageous because they can just have super fucking huge private channels. Yeah. Um, and and 
traders can move between the two. Now, I would say, though, that there's really not that much incentive for a leading exchange to do that. Uh, it's more like a challenger type of thing, right? Because if you're a leader ex- leading exchange, you kind of want to hold them in, you know? You don't want to allow them to easily trade between yeah. um, different exchanges. There's a lock-in effect there, right? Yeah, well, Matt started a TFTC Matrix channel. That, I, just, uh, I just shotgunned it. Yeah. I, I started another one. But Marty, one. you should join it. I sent you the link. Yeah, I got to figure that out. Uh, we had, the freaks are loving it. They're having tftc.chat freaks. Is there any nudes in there yet? Are there any nudes? Yeah. No, we have yeah. we have a good moderator. <laughs> Car is, is making sure. Car was just like, yeah, yeah, there's nudes. Did he just upload nudes? <laughs> no. no that's what, please don't send nudes to the, the Matrix chat. <laughs> we have moderators. Uh so it is it is not censored at all. All right, I'll get in there. I gotta get the link. Um yeah. That, the link is tftc.chat, Marty. Tftc.chat. Uh Matt, I want you to put your right ear to your right shoulder if you can, please, right now. I can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh shit. Uh this is a tight rip. We're almost an hour and a half in. We're on our last topic uh which is the fact uh let's pull these comments up uh yeah i put in our tftc chat car uh, between me you and matt the, the tweet of uh jen Saki talking about why uh, inflation is high particularly as it pertains to uh beef inflation let's just roll the tape and then we'll um, roll the clip we'll talk about it go ahead um, there are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are um, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation, is being driven by corporate greed, uh, including uh, companies with high profits, some of whom have met at the White House with the president uh, in recent months. Um, does the president endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation right now? Well, I think that the president thinks the way people across the country, American families, uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. So, for example, the president, the secretary of agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area when where people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, 10 pounds of meat. Um, it is the prices are higher. That is, in his view. Uh, and the view of our Secretary of Agriculture because of, you could call it corporate greed, sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices uh, uh, it, during a pandemic. Uh, there are other areas where we've seen increases uh, as, because of supply chain issues, and we're seeing those increases around the world as it relates to gas prices, uh, oil supply, and things along those lines. So I would say there's some areas uh, where we have seen uh, corporations uh, benefit, profit from the pandemic, uh, and uh, and certainly the president would agree with that component. I, I don't know the full context of all of their remarks. This is dangerous. This is dangerous talk right here. I mean, Rodolfo, he's the one who brought it to light. You gotta, go to NBK's Twitter page. Wait, but like, this is how the rhetoric starts that, that leads to very dangerous, like communist. Uh, Price fixing. T- yeah. So, so this is a, this is inflation. Obviously this podcast focuses heavily on macroeconomics, inflation, money, um, and what we've seen over the last two years is the government print in conjunction with the Federal Reserve trillions of trillions of dollars and throw that on the market at the same time, shutting down the economy uh, and enforcing workers to stay home from work. 
and airdropping money in their bank accounts where they're then able to go out into the economy and use more and more monetary units to uh, fight over less and less uh, economic goods uh, because, uh, again, you're, you're trying to exert top-down control in a very complex system, which is the economy of a government. Keep going down, Car. Um, and um, I would just say uh, I, 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 I definitely agree with what you just said. Uh, in this current situation, uh, there's, there's probably a, a mix of both. You know, the money is broken. Uh, it is, the economy is poorly managed. Uh, free markets ultimately fix this uh, as, as frictionless as possible for those free markets to exist. The better they will find their real price. Uh, competition does work. In the case of food production in this country, uh, there is not, it's not really a true free market. So that's why I would say that there is a, a little bit of a, a combination there. And this is one of the reasons why it's, it's yeah. so important for, for more localism to take place, for more small time food production to take place. I completely uh, so agree. That we can have proper competition, you know, without that regulatory burden that, that leads to these, you know, s- small, closely held industries. Well, this is why it's so fucked up is because the government has led to this consolidation of, of business, right, exactly. particularly in like the food processing. It's like on top, <laughs> like, and so th- this is a problem they've created. Then they're turning around and like blaming uh, these people. Um, and on top of that, so like at these processing plants, you have very strict COVID regulations, which uh, stops people from act- like enough people from getting to them to produce the amount of food necessary to get to the economy. These vax mandates are, uh, are, are basically decimating that workforce where people say, I'm not going to get it, so I'm not going to go to work. Therefore, it compounds the problem. And like Rodolfo said, this was Stalin's line. It is the excuse used to take over the farms. This is how tens of million people starved in the Soviet Union due to this type of central planning. So they're trying to gin up a bunch of hatred throughout the economy with between people who don't really understand the intricacies and the nuance of, of what has led to this, these price increases. And they're trying to point at the greedy, uh, like meat producers as, as the problem. And it's really government regulation and printing money and attempt to top down control of the complex economy that we live in. This is scary shit. Like the, the president and the people who, uh, speak on behalf of him should not be saying this type of stuff. This is a very dangerous road they're going down. And another thing that should be said too, this started with Trump. Like Trump started the lockdowns. He started uh, the, the the economic lockdowns and the money printing starting his administration. This is bipartisan. It's from one administration to another. The problem is the government. Like it's, it's fucking everything up. And now that they fucked everything up, they have no no decency to even like attempt to take blame for it or, or own up to their mistakes and have the introspection to look back and say, hey, Maybe we shouldn't have shut down the global economy. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have printed all that money. Maybe we shouldn't have forced people to stay home from work. Maybe we shouldn't be mandating these vaccines when we really need to get more and more goods to the economy. Like maybe, uh, maybe we fucked up. Hand up. No, they, they're not doing that. And if you actually no, have government, no responsibility. No, none. It's it's fucking disgusting. And but it is dangerous. Like I really want to stress that. Like they continue down this line of thinking and keep beating this drum. Industry, 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 and the masses are are ginned up, and they're they're going to turn. And they're going to be like, "Yes, you guys should. The government should uh, take over the the food industry, and that's going to lead to mass starvation." 
Secure your food freaks. Secure your food freaks. Just recorded with Texas Slim. We talked about ways in which you can do that. Go go shake your local rancher's hand and really push. Again, and that's the thing we, I said with Slim earlier. You freak listening to this too. Like push these issues. Like there should be more processing plants. We shouldn't have four massive processing plants that constrict the flow of our food. Um, there should be many more. There should be hundreds. There should be thousands throughout the country. Uh, you should have a processing plant per county. Like the, the regulations around the restrictions and the <coughs> compliance necessary to start one of these plants is completely uh, criminal. Like people should be able to process meat uh, locally and distribute it locally, which should drive down cost, which should make a more distributed food network, which should make us more secure in the long run. Like this is a very... That's the answer right there. Yeah. It's right there in front of us, freaks. And that's the other thing that Slim and I got onto too, and it was building on what SAFE does in the fiat standard where he applies like Bitcoin uh, thinking to the traditional monetary system. Like what is a full node? What does the full node topography look like in the fiat monetary system? You have very few full nodes uh, with the Federal Reserve and its member banks, which might not even be full nodes. They might just be um, some like SPV client or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but like with the food stuff too, like the, you have four major nodes in the processing industry and that is very centralizing. Like we want hundreds, we want more and more and more of these processing things, uh, processing plants, excuse me. Uh, that will make us more energy, or excuse me, more food secure and similar with energy. We want more and more. That's actually one thing we do well here. We have a bunch of energy producers, however, uh, with the federal mandates to, uh, particularly in oil and gas, which don't allow new uh, mineral leases on federal lands, that's constricting supply from, supply from the market too, which is causing energy prices to rise. It's happening in Europe, all over the world. Like we we, are, we live in a clown world. These people are fucking ruining the global economy right in front of our eyes. It's happening, and they're trying to blame anybody but themselves. They're, they're not taking any responsibility for this. It's really fucked up, and it's really dangerous. If we don't begin speaking out against this and pushing back, Things are going to get very, very bad. And we do have the ability to do that. That's why we have this show. That's why we have you freaks in the live stream. This is why we do all of this. Like we need to get these messages out there. I wish I could give you a massage through the, uh, through the camera. Cheers. Yeah. No homo. Um, <laughs> yeah. When TFTC chickens in the backyard, that's a good question. I have to figure out, is, can we do that in Austin? Yes. Okay, you can right. do that wherever. You can't do it in PA. You have to get like well, crazy. Maybe not wherever. You have to get crazy and Maybe not in the Northeast in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, but you can definitely do it in Austin. No, I know my hometown. I do know somebody has chickens in their backyard, but they literally have to like go to a crazy amount of uh, like township meetings and get crazy permitting just to have a few chickens in the backyard. I mean, at most places in Texas, I assume you can just have chickens in your front yard. You don't even have to have them in your backyard. All right. We're going to get some chickens. Let's get some chickens. Uh, guard chickens. Yeah, just put some chickens in your fucking backyard. Like, if, don't ask permission, Marty. Okay. All right. That's the actionable advice uh, of this rep. We have anything we want to riff on before we wrap up here? No, you got bit devs tonight, right? We got the return of Justin Moon to Austin bit devs. I'm very excited That's to see awesome. to see Justin. I'm very excited for bit devs. Very excited for Coopers. Uh, right before Christmas, the vibes are always high. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Well, enjoy that, BitDevs in Austin. It's always a good time. And uh, send everyone my love over there. Um, and I'll see you guys next week. We'll see you guys next week on the 23rd Festivus. We're going to have a Festivus celebration this year. Um, 
we got to figure out what our feats of strength are going to be. We're going to have to do some strength feats on on the live stream. Um, we, have to, we have to lift something, even though you may have just hurt yourself lifting. But Sometimes I think you're talking to Car. I still don't realize. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking to you. So the screen, <laughs> the screen where I see you hopefully is right I'll, here. Hopefully I won't be fucking pain. About that. <laughs> All right. I agree. All right, freaks. Thank you for joining us. Go spread the word. Subscribe, share, retweet, whatever you need to do. Love all y'all. Peace and love.